I'm Ainsley Earhart. I'm Charles Payne. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. I'm Trey Angst. The Wall Street Journal editorial board says there's more the Biden administration can do to support protesters in Cuba. Take note of those members of the military and also the uh, Ministry of the Interior troops and also the, the paramilitary who work for the regime. Find out who they are and they will be held accountable for their crimes against humanity. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Following demonstrations in Cuba over the weekend, access to social media sites is being restricted. Around 100 people were reportedly arrested following the protests over food shortages, the economy, and government mistrust. Now some observers are saying the Biden administration must do more to send a clear message of support to the Cuban people. I have been writing about Cuba for 25 years. Um, with respect to President Biden's options right here. For more on this story, this is columnist Mary Anastasia O'Grady, a member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board. I would say, you know, first of all, it's very important that we just give uh, a lot of rhetorical support to the people who are asking for basically nothing more than what Europeans and Americans and many people in Latin America are used to, which is self-governance, um, you know, the the uh, right to go and elect um, a president and a, and a, a parliament or a Congress, um, to have an independent judiciary, um, to have the rule of law, to have property rights. Um, and I think it's really important that the U.S. Uh, support those aspirations. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I think it's clear that, you know, there wouldn't be anything physical, it wouldn't be an invasion of Cuba. Um, but I do think that um, one important note that the President Biden and the international community more broadly can do is take note of uh, those uh, members of the military and also the um, uh, inter- Ministry of the Interior um, troops and also the, the paramilitary who work for the regime find out who they are you know there's a lot of facial recognition that can be used um and uh you know make it clear that those people will not uh, have an easy time of it if they try to leave cuba they will be held accountable for their crimes against humanity and i think that's a very important message to send giving you know the opportunity of people who are right now on the side of the regime uh, to break and to, you know, have a future. Um, because this um, uprising is not like uprisings in the past for reasons we can talk about. But uh, it, I think it, it's not the end of the regime, but I think it may end, mark the beginning of the end because here you have uh, what I would consider the genie out of the bottle, and it's not going to be uh, so easy to put it back in. In more than two dozen years writing about Cuba, I mean, what stands out to you about the situation today and how it's different from the past? Well, I think the big difference that I'm noting is that uh, the regime has depended for 62 years on this uh, concept of that, that all police states use, which is that you must separate people from each other. You cannot allow people to share ideas. To, um, to basically collaborate in an idea about freedom or liberty or, um, you know, uh, how, how they would 
uh, challenge the regime, how they would build a coalition of other people who want to challenge the regime. And the most important aspect of the police state is to make sure that people are isolated, uh, almost like in silos, uh, and that when you do identify people who are um, uh, counter-revolutionaries, as they call them, I have been named one myself, um, that you infiltrate that group um, and you, you destroy them from inside. That's a strategy that they've used for a very long time. And it has weakened because Fidel Castro died. Uh, Fidel Castro was a mythical figure uh, that people were raised and indoctrinated to respect. Um, and uh, many of them did not toward the end of his life, but he still had his name sort of had a control over people. That's gone. I mean, he's dead. His brother is uh, basically doesn't hold any uh, official uh, title anymore. And uh, when you combine that with the fact that so many people on the island have cell phones, there's been Internet introduced to the island. Um, it's now being broken up by the regime. But that ability to communicate has broadened and deepened. And then I think the third thing is that for the longest time, Cuba had basically a sugar daddy in the Soviet Union. And that uh, relationship not only gave it enough money to, you know, sustain and it could use, um, you know, politics to discipline people. Uh, you complain about the regime, you don't have a job anymore, your child can't go to school and that sort of thing. Um, and it also used it to feed the military. And it lost that sugar daddy in, you know, in the beginning of the 1990s. It went through a very difficult period. And then it got Venezuelan support through Venezuelan oil. And now that income has collapsed. So basically, they don't have a way of generating income for, um, for the island. Um, you know, they've tried this concept of exporting doctors. Uh, and and collecting hard currency for those doctors that they send around the world. Um, they do export pharmaceuticals, as I mentioned in my column on Friday, uh, sorry, on Monday. But um, it's not enough. So they're, they're really hard up for money. And because of that, they don't have that, that discipline. They don't have that whip that they can use against people to say, if you don't behave, you're not going to get dinner because people are not getting dinner anyway. So, you know, the people who are going out in the streets, I think, have reached a point where they don't respect uh, Miguel um, Diaz-Canel, who's now the new dictator. Um, they have communicated with other people. There are many, many more of them, so it's harder for the regime to control. And they feel like they have nothing less left to lose. So this has unleashed a very broad uh, rebellion that really in the past, it hasn't been quite, I think, as um, spontaneous, endemic, and um, basically um, a kind of like an action that's sort of beyond the control of the state. And I think that's what makes it a little bit different, which is not to say that I don't think there'll be a tremendous amount of violence unleashed against um Everybody in Cuba, I mean, anybody who is suspected will suffer. Um, but I'm, I think it may be too late to put that genie back in the bottle. You've been listening to columnist Mary Anastasia O'Grady, a member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board. We'll be right back. It really stands out to me. They have nothing left to lose, the, those words. And I think we saw that in the videos, people chanting, we are not afraid, despite the fact 
many know exactly what could happen if you stand up against the government in Cuba. What's the biggest misconception people have about the average civilian in, in Cuba and their support of the current government? Well, that's hard to say. I mean, I think one of the problems that has happened is that um, the regime has allowed um, foreign uh, press to have bureaus in Cuba. And anybody who reports uh, from Cuba knows that there are rules. Uh, and if you break those rules, you get kicked out. So I think that we have a lot of reporting from Cuba, from the island, that's not really accurate. So there's a sense that, you know, people um, fear uh, a U.S. takeover. Uh, they, 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 they repeat over and over again that the embargo is the reason they're poor. Um, but I think, you know, I, I've traveled to Cuba and, um, you know, if people trust you, they will tell you the truth. And um, so I, I don't think that the suffering in Cuba is well understood. I guess I, I would say that's the biggest misconception. Uh, it would really bring you to tears if you saw what these people have to go through uh, and and the the privation. Their the, the repression is horrible, the political repression. But the material privation um, of shortages and not having mo the most basic health care items. Uh, you know, if you go to the hospital, you have to bring your own sheets. Uh, most of the hospitals for regular people are filthy. Um, they, they don't have supplies. And as I mentioned in my column on Monday, they also uh, have a real shortage of medical personnel because those people have been sent overseas. When you talk about the information coming out of Cuba, I think right now we're seeing the current leadership do everything they can to clamp down on any negative information in particular coming out of Cuba. We've seen restrictions on Internet providers and uh, different social media sites, including Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp. For people who haven't ever been to Cuba and don't know what life is like there, uh, talk to us about the life on the island and, and what it's like and what it could be like if they didn't live under this, this current leadership. Well, what it's like, um, I think, varies a lot depending on whether you have family in Miami or Spain uh, that sends you remittances because most people survive off of dollar remittances that are sent to the island. Actually, earning a living um, is almost impossible. Um, you have to be a thief if you do not have remittances coming in. You have to steal from your employer uh, just to survive. So it's very tough, um, the, the material circumstances for people. And yes, of course, there, you know, there is this repression. You have to fall in line and repeat the party line. Um, one thing I'll just say about the reporting from Cuba, though, is, is, uh, so Several years ago, I can't really say exactly when it started, but I would say it goes back at least 10 years, um, there began to evolve in Cuba an independent um, journalist network. And these are just very, very brave people who, again, this would bring tears to your eyes when you think about the risks they take to report on what's going on in Cuba. And they have established names. I mean, they're all in Spanish, but they have established websites like Diario de Cuba, uh, which means translates basically into, you know, daily newspaper of Cuba, um, Cyber Cuba, which is like Cyber Cuba. Um, and these uh, journalists are very brave. Now, we'll have to see how they manage to get their stories out. But there's still a 
fair amount. I mean, if you go on social media, uh, I've been seeing a lot of videotape of the um, plainclothes uh, intelligence, uh, state security, that has gone after protesters, beating them uh, just mercilessly with uh, batons in the street. And these are people who are, you know, not armed. They're, they're just ordinary Cubans. Um, but that, that, those images are being transmitted outside of Cuba. Um, the, you know, I think most Cubans grow up with the idea that if only they can get out. I mean, that's really the, the dream. Um, and we'll have to see if what happens now, because there is some select number of Cubans who say, you know, we don't want to leave, because that's been kind of the strategy of the regime for a very long time, is that they, they either kill in prison or exile their problems. Uh, when someone is a good political leader and effective and, um, you know, things are, um, are making trouble for the regime, uh, they tend to use this strategy. So we'll have to see. I mean, I've picked up a little bit of reporting uh, in the last couple of days of people saying, we're not leaving, we're not going to give up. And, uh, of course, the regime has doubled its efforts. Uh, some of the images are just horrific of um, them uh, going after, uh, um, you know, anybody who's who's considered a counter-revolutionary. And uh, so it's, it's, it's going to get very, very violent. Um, but the opposition uh, is pledging to keep keep the fight up. Mary Anastasia O'Grady, a member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board and weekly columnist for the Wall Street Journal's America's Column. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.